Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Meet at Midfield podcast series. Uh, we presented uh, our first uh, How to Catch a Predator episode. We are joined by Twitter <laughs> user. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep, and I'm, I'm playing the part of Scott Hansen, and uh, we actually have we have lured uh, we have lured Ryan all the way here from South America um, with the promise of uh, you know. I, I don't want to finish this bit. It's, it, feel, it feels bad to say. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, we're going to have to be on guard for just bits getting out of hand this entire podcast episode. It's going to be, we're going to, I mean, pa- Patrick basically pressed record and walked away from this. Just, it's just you and me, Mono Mono, on this podcast. Oh, Jesus. But figured we were getting a little too congenial during the week. I, I sent you a hat recommendation today. So I figured I wanted to start this off a little bit of aggression and just, just a hearty fuck you to start the episode. Um, <laughs> how are you? Uh, yeah, how are you? How are you preparing mentally for the Saturday? How I mean, how are your emotions going up to the uh, Saturday's game? Oh God, I don't know, man. Like I, I the Ohio State game is it it it's odd because the game that has always caused me the most like stress is the Michigan State game because just so much to lose, and you know it's like that's the game we're supposed to win, and there's always like a lot a lot more that. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot more that can go wrong. It's a lot more embarrassing shit that can happen. Whereas for so many years of like, you know, the, uh, the first couple of, you know, the first like 10 years of me being a Michigan fan, the only thing that, that could happen in the Ohio state game was just our, us getting our asses kicked or coming kind of close and like feeling like, okay about it. Um, but that said, like, I, I don't have too many, like too much anxiety the week leading up, but pretty much like two days before, like after basically after Thanksgiving hits, I'm just a complete wreck. Like, and it's, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's excitement. It's half excitement, but it's uh it's the type of excitement that like really just wears me out to the point that I don't know. It's, it, it's, it becomes harder and harder to imagine Michigan winning as I get close to the game. And then as soon as the game starts, I'm like, Oh yeah, no, we can win this game easily. Um, I don't know. It's, it's weird feelings. It's, it's a very, very mixed emotions, a lot of anxiety. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think I kind of feel the same. I, you know, like I think this year, is maybe worse for me than usual, just because it, one, I mean, the two teams are are good at the same time. Where they, I mean, there, there have been obviously very good matchups in recent years. Like Jim Harbaugh had some very good teams at Michigan, and there have been competitive games. Obviously, Michigan was favored in the shoe uh, one year, right under Jim Harbaugh. Um, I, I guess I think the biggest difference is that the gap between Ohio State and Michigan, and then Penn State, and the next tier is maybe bigger this year than it has been the whole time. Like those other years when Michigan and Ohio State were both great at the same time. Penn State was also competitive with both teams and those games are kind of played later mm-hmm. in the season. So you had more of like uncertainty of what your season would look like. Whereas this year, it's just like, we both got Penn State dispatched so easily, got it out of the way so early that it's just been like six weeks yeah. of shit talk of just like, oh, you guys only won by 17 points in this game. You guys only won by, you know, I mean, just like the scoring <laughs> margin talk yeah. and like analysis. And yeah, I think also- Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it should, be, it should be noted like Michigan clearly beat Penn State worse than Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, like if we, if we take account for like game flow, like, whatever but mm-hmm. yeah I mean, like, well we i'm so can, i'm so glad you brought up the scoring margin talk too we should just get into that overall i think is that's that, that's the most important thing yeah <laughs> but, well, what if we didn't talk about the, the actual game itself at all we just like went game by game like <laughs> common opponents like okay iowa it's like we're just going like play by play <laughs> well you know we could easily do that too we could absolutely make a full oh, podcast yeah. of just being like oh yeah well your defensive lineman like i mean look at how many like line yards per carry we got against iowa compared to you guys you guys are fucking terrible <laughs> Uh, no, but well, there's one play where Mozzie Smith got doubled. 
<laughs> we're doing the Cole Kubelik thing where I, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or not. I generally kind of like him. I think he's kind of funny, but he, uh, me and Patrick have noticed this this season. And one of like the oddities of college football writer, he loves to tweet, like, look at this monster block by so-and-so right guard. And almost every time it's like a defensive tackle being doubled and the guard just finishing the block. And it's like a blindside, like Barry, he's like, what an animal this guy must be. And uh, I don't know. That's like, that's, I'm just going to tweet clips like that about Michigan, Dude, but for every player. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can like, you can tell who's like, um, who's, uh, Oh God, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here. Um, it's almost like virtue signaling for football fans is like pretending yeah. to know offensive line play. And I know it's like, oh, bullshit yeah. because I, I played offensive line and even like when you're watching the game live, it's really hard to tell like who's really, you have to like watch all 22 to figure out who's like really getting the, you know, dominating up front. It, it's hard to tell sometimes. Like there's so many things that can happen in any given football play, but you'll get like so many like national writer guys that are like, Oh, dude! Like George is just absolutely dominating on the ground. Like their combo blocks are so crisp. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude! You do not know what you're talking about. There's no way you're 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 just immediately identifying like a sick combo block on live TV. Uh, I yeah, uh, of course it's ridiculous too. It, it's happened a lot right now because like what so. Like Michigan's the exact same way as Ohio State in terms of the media sphere, where there are a, a handful of like really good writers who actually know a ton of football, and everyone else kind of like half understands what they're saying and alludes to their writing. Uh, like so, so Bill Landis, a couple <laughs> other guys, have been doing really good breakdowns on like the difference between Ohio State success and and zone blocking versus gap scheme blocking. And now you just hear it brought up by other writers who are kind of like just lazily referring to it, like I guess kind of guessing yeah. which play is which block and hoping they're right. Uh, it's been very funny to see too. That's been, that's been really enjoyable, but dude, I mean, that's, um, that's what happened with, with like, you know, like that, that's kind of like the, the, the blessing and the curse of MGo blog is that, you know, so many people read MGo blog and I, I, I do really like a lot of their stuff. Like it's super in depth. Like you can't argue with how, how much effort they put in it. Um, sure. they're, 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 they're industry I, standard for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think they're wrong about some things. I think they get a little bit too like into the minute details at times, um, kind of missing the forest for the trees. Uh, but it's like you get so many Michigan fans that just basically parrot exactly what they're saying on like a week to week basis. Um, so yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and ironically, I think like, you know, you, you might see the same issue. Uh, you, you might see some of the same issues, I, I guess, with the Ohio state media sphere. It used to be maybe more so concentrated on 11 warriors, a handful of others, but all of the ongoing site wars that everyone's made fun of for the last couple of years between like writers just changing site. It's, it's been ironically, it's actually, which, which famously does not happen, <laughs> which, which famously yeah, does not well, happen. Right. Such sites as meet at midfield. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. No site wars for us. And, and in fact, none of our writers are the products of 17 different site wars that have brought them to their, the one final uh, war to end all wars. <laughs> uh, no, it's fucking uh, great. Dude, it's, man. it's so funny. I yeah, no, it, but, uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Like I, I can't wait. It's, I think I genuinely, you know, to, to your point about the, the gap being smaller, I think the gap between, I feel better about this game going in than any of, I, I think like, you know, I think, I think Ohio state should be the favorite. Like I think Michigan is more likely to lose than to win, you know, just if I'm being totally objective, but I still feel better about this game going in than any game since like 2011. Like I, I felt like, you know, 2011, obviously I was like, yeah, they, they should win this Ohio state team sucks. Um, but pretty much any other time, like, I don't know, even, even 2018 when they were favored, I was like, I, I think, I think um, <clears throat> it wasn't DJ. I think it was uh, Kevin 
on your podcast said like he was calling out all year about how he thought that Michigan team was fraudulent. And I didn't think they were fraudulent, but I was like, there's just a lot of like, like this team, they don't have defensive tackles. They, they can't really cover. Like, I don't think they're going to cover Ohio State's receivers. Like it was just, it, there were a lot of red flags about that team. Um, and last year I did not think they were going to win either. Um, so this is, this is the best I felt like this is the most I felt that Michigan has a legitimate chance to, you know, beat Ohio state. And, uh, yeah, it is. It is the most that it's felt big two, little 12 in a long time. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's, uh, hundred percent. I mean, I kind of feel the same way and I guess that 2018 team specifically. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just like Don Brown, you know what I mean? Like I, I felt like he obviously is a great coordinator, but, but you knew what he was doing at a certain point too. And I, right. I think like you, you kind of felt some confidence that, that hopefully Ryan Davis had that schemed up and obviously he did, uh, which worked out great, but yeah, uh, for us, I suppose, but, but no, uh, I guess the final point of nervousness, like, yeah, this is uh, maybe as bad as I've been and not even because of like, like I, everything in my head logically tells me Ohio State win this game. It's not like, I'm not trying to shit talk or start off the podcast, like by shit talking early, but like, if I'm like, I'm like looking at it, like a fan of my, my team's not involved, I feel pretty confident. But the thing that stressed me out the most is that usually all my anxieties I have access to, uh, I like can just talk about with my friends in real life. Cause I'm in Columbus, like with them, you know what I mean? Or like in New York <laughs> among friends who are Ohio state graduates or, or fans. Uh, whereas like now I'm like in South America and none of, no one here cares at all about the game. I've met a couple other guys who like follow American football and they're like a casual, like, you know, Oakland Raiders fan or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there's no one right. who cares about <laughs> yeah. American yeah, in, college in football that, down here. Yeah. In the way that like guys, guys up here, like root for like Arsenal. <laughs> exactly. hundred <laughs> like, like, percent. Kind of, yeah. Like, just like, oh, like totally like, it's like, oh, they're just like, you wake up on Saturday morning. They're just like tweeting about like Arsenal and you're like, okay, dude, I, I know you don't care about this shit. Come on. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's just, like just F- they're, like they're, <laughs> they're football signaling. Yeah, they're uh, yeah, uh, it's, right. it's 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 funny, but it definitely is making it worse for me. Uh, and I'm sure by the time I get to like, I don't work Thursday or Friday this week for the holiday. I'm sure as most of us don't. So I'm sure by the time I get to Thursday, and I'm not even like around my like even my dad's like limited analysis of my dad, like who kind of who like watches the games most of the time, doesn't really know a ton of ball, just being like, Buckeyes look good this year, huh? Like, even not having that will just be <laughs> tough for me. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I have the opposite problem. Like, so um, so I'll be with, I'll be actually with my girlfriend's uh, uh, family this year. Um, and so that's like, I mean, that's, uh, I, I, I very much like my girlfriend's family, but like being with people that like don't know how insane you are is kind of like hell, you know? Because <laughs> it, it, it's just like, it's like, oh, like big games that it's like, you have no fucking idea. Like I, I am, I oh, am yeah. actually losing sleep over this. Like, and you just can't, and you just have to try your best. Like be kind. I'm, I'm going to go to a bar for the game. Like one, one of my friends from college is coming. Oh, um, I can't do that. That's God, I mean, Godspeed to you, dude. That's something I could never imagine doing. I have to be in a room by myself. It, it, I mean, it's, it's better. Cause I go to like, I live in Chicago. There's like a thousand Michigan bars. So like you, mm-hmm. you can go to a bar where pretty much everyone's as insane as you are. And like, you can, you're allowed to be like a crazy person. Um, yeah. I generally like, if I'm really nervous, I, I watch the game by myself, but I think like these are guys that are like at, or like not nearly at my level, but they are like, they will be Close very enough. upset if I have state. That's, that's, that's pretty much where it's like, I need you to be like pissed if Michigan loses. Like I need you don't, to, don't you love though the feeling of like, I, I feel I love the feeling of like going to a bar or even like the section in the stadium where like you're bitching about the team during the game and like your friends are kind of on the same level and you find one other guy who in the section is just as insane as you are yes, and you guys start dude, talking yeah, ball together. Absolutely. Love that feeling. Uh, and I was uh, I went <laughs> and, to the Ohio State. Game. Can, it's, 
Oh, go ahead. You like seek each other out too. It's like you can you can hear like the type of bitch uh-huh. that like when someone's really knowledgeable and just has like has like a really specific opinion about like the third string linebacker. You're like that guy just like cannot figure out like you know gap blocking, and it's like I know, right? And it's like all of a sudden like, your best friends. Like yeah, and you want to ask him like, so what's your what's your username when I'm gonna block you? Like what's your <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but but no, I mean, funny enough, I was at an Ohio State game last season, uh, and I happened I, I went with my buddy. Uh, we were like up in C deck and we just happened to sit near another former Ohio state beat writer that I knew. Uh, and he was like in the same, he was in the same row as me. Uh, and just as the game went on, we kind of like, we got other people in the row to move their seats around. So me and him could sit next to each other and bitch about the game together, uh, <laughs> which was very amusing, but, and it was like the Tulsa game or something. It wasn't even like a good, you know what I mean? It was like a game where Ohio state looked yeah. shitty, but shouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, I, man, I love college football so much. Just want to, I just want to reiterate that, but <laughs> No, it, it uh, really should... is the best. It's the best. So let's get into this game, though. I mean, we got to talk about it, right? I mean, it's why we're here. I, I, I guess, uh, so coming in here, where do you want to start? Uh, do you want to start on, on you guys on offense, us on offense? How do you want to kick this off? Um, Let's start, I, I guess, like, the, the the bigger strength on strength matchup would be you guys on offense. Um, so it's probably the more intriguing, or, like, the, yeah, that, that's, I think that's got the most, like, variability in the way that it could go. Sure, hundred percent. And I think the biggest key for what comes down here is is uh, there's been a lot of talk made of the Ohio State rushing game, right? And kind of like what to expect from that and how it looks. Um, there's also, of course, the narratives from last year of like Ohio State's passing game not working in weather or whatever. Um, I, I guess maybe I would start the weather narrative because it's one of the most annoying things that I don't see like actual smart Michigan fans doing, but just like enough of them who who will tweet at me out of the blue will kind of do that shit. Uh, why? How the narrative? Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yes, that's exactly what I'm referring to. Uh, <laughs> how do we get to a point where CJ Stroud throwing for 400 yards in the snow became that he, that Ryan Day's passing game can't work in the weather? Like, I, I get the critique of yeah. Ryan Day, him being a soft team, but how did that specific thing that the offense won't work in the weather? All right. All right. So, so, so I have the same complaint as you, but slightly different. And it's, it's, it's more, um, believe it or not, it's actually more slanted towards, uh, me feeling aggrieved about something um <laughs> but like i i i 100 agree with you like cj Stroud played great in that game and ohio state's offense like pretty much got what they wanted like they michigan made a couple key stops basically a couple key sacks high leverage moments etc but like i agree with you that like you know that, that was all kind of silly um but the thing that i want to complain about is that like how did that become like oh he was sick with the flu and also like the weather like Michigan could never have won if, if it if it wasn't snowing it's like you guys passed the ball fine you know like you, you the offense operated yeah. uh, the the offense operated with efficiency like Michigan just controlled the game and and uh, was able to get in exactly the type of game script they wanted to be in um, so I, I agree with you like that that's that's kind of like nonsense um I do think like if it is bad conditions it does favor Michigan because Michigan already can't pass so. You know, if, sure, if yeah. Ohio State any harm to the passing game, little, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, it's, it's it, it will help. I mean, I do think the snow snowy conditions like helped a little bit this year. Um, you know, I think what honestly more than snow, what would be helpful to Michigan is just like a lot of wind. You know, um, but anyway, yeah, it's it, it's a very silly narrative, and it's it's pretty like it's just plainly untrue. Like uh, Ohio State moved the ball with a lot of efficiency last year. Yeah. Uh, and, and definitely like, of course, when we're getting to teams of this quality against each other, it comes down to situational football so frequently. Uh, and, and I do have concerns about Ohio State's short yardage running game. That specifically to me is the biggest concern. Um, it's improved over the last few weeks, I guess, only, only because 
maybe not even the last few weeks, like the second half of the Maryland game, I guess I felt more confident uh, because they made a change at running back. Um, that is something to me that, that has been kind of painted as an O-line thing. And the O-line has not been fantastic in those moments, but they have improved. And behind them, the running backs were getting worse. Like playing, you know, playing Trey Henderson as long as they have this season has been very frustrating. As a guy who came into the season as a star and just like cannot read in between the tackles to save his life. It, it's bizarre, dude. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. He, he was such a decisive one-cut runner last year. And I, I thought that, look, I, th- I think Ohio State running backs get put into a lot of very easy situations given just like teams just yes. can't play heavy boxes, you know? Um, but he's just, he's been terrible this year. And he's just, he was very good last year. I was very impressed. Like I thought he made a lot of really, really decisive runs. I thought he showed a lot of balance. Um, obviously, you know, elite long speed and, He's just this year. It's like he's just fast. That's it. He 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 looks yeah. bad. It's it's very weird. It's yeah. It's the desire to one. He wants to bounce everything outside, which he's already running like an outside zone so frequently and stretched that like there's nowhere to bounce. You know what I mean? He has no. He, room I feel like to so many times he just keeps going. He's just running into like the force player. That's all he does. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Uh, or if there's not even a good force, he's put himself into the sideline for no reason. Like he's he's you know he's making it easy yeah. for everybody else. Very frustrating. Um. And frankly, like, frankly, Mayan Williams had some of those problems too. Like Mayan's been much better than Trey, but he also showed a tendency to bounce plays outside a little more often than I would like to. The difference is for him is that, you know, unlike Trey, he fights through contact, right? He's actually able to break a tackle. Uh, yeah. He actively runs viciously. So when he gets the, I mean, like he, his plays getting out there can go for more because he can make something happen on his own in a way that Trey has not shown an ability to. Uh, but that having been said, the, like the performance we saw from Dallin Hayden in that game where he was just simply... Uh, running the plays you're supposed to run <laughs> and like running the way the play is designed for him to run. He looked amazing as a true freshman uh, as like the fourth string running back on the team coming in and, and running for 150 yards in the second half uh, of a game against Maryland. Like hey, it's Maryland. I'm not saying it's like, you know, Georgia's defense or anything like that, but it's still, I, I mean, just producing consistent carries like that, having a very high success rate, um, not fucking around basically was nice to see. Uh, and, and I do think that puts me at ease a bit because with, with, Mayan and Trey were expected to be kind of either hobbled or behind Hayden on the, on the, on the depth chart at this point. Like, I think if Mayan is healthy, he will play a good bit, but I would expect Hayden to take the lion's share that carries over Trey Henderson at this point. I think it'd be, it'd be very bizarre if he didn't, which is crazy to say so late in the season. Yeah. I just don't think that either, like, I think, I think if Hayden or what's it? Sorry. It's Dallas Hayden, right? Dallin Hayden. Yeah. It's a bizarre Dallin name. Hayden, he, that's right. I, he also, I knew it wasn't, the, I knew it wasn't quite Hayden. Yeah, all the all the uh, Buckeye boomers, too, have been losing their minds because if you look up pictures of him and the old Ohio State running back Michael Wiley next to each other, they look identical uh, in the face. Also, both wear number five. He's like a true doppelganger for Michael Wiley, which is uh, like, you know, not like he's a, an incredibly famous <laughs> uh, player like that. I mean, he, you know, like he he played for three years in the NFL. He was like a second team all Big Ten guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, was like just an OK Ohio State yeah, running right, back. Yeah, right, right. The immediate recall of every guy in the message boards like, oh, that looks like Michael Wiley is <laughs> envious. It's just like guys that like will live forever in the memories of like the people will remember, remember that like, uh, oh, Dallin Hayden looks like Michael Wiley, like after they've you know forgotten their grandkids names. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, but no, I, I thought he was pretty impressive, like nothing special. Uh, but I just yeah. don't think like whoever lines up at running back for Ohio State is going to make a difference i don't i don't think that they have like a game breaking i mean i really like mine williams um and i thought trevian henderson last year was on P- on track for stardom but i don't think they have a game breaking running back not that they need one at all you know i mean they've got so many other yeah you know i think 
the, the Ohio State running game is, you know, it's a compliment to the passing game. I think a lot of those the short yard yardage struggles you guys have had have just been like kind of a play calling thing. It just feels like there's so many times I'm like, why are they trying to run outside zone out of the pistol on third and one? It's like, are you guys still 100% run out of the pistol? Like, is it still been like literally? You know, 100%? I, they, they've broken that a little bit. Uh, it, it's still heavy tendencies. But that's okay. Like if there's a huge difference between being hundred percent and being like 78%. Oh, yeah, and they've they've broken that a lot. They've actually had a lot of success. Um, they, they've started to run more out of the shotgun too. They've run some tight zone out of the shotgun that was very effective. Um, they're showing some diversity that I, I've liked to see. Um, some play action pass out of the pistol has been very effective for them. Uh, they they even like they've had a couple of looks where they've been able to get cover zero uh, man on Marvin Harrison outside by using a play action pass out of the pistol, which is like just the worst, maybe the worst matchup in the country a defense wants. Like it's the last, like you CJ Stroud throwing to Marvin Harrison and cover zero is probably the the last thing any defensive coordinator wants to see in the country. So that's been nice. <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed seeing that, I guess, but um, no, it's still a little too predictable. And I, th- I think frequently Ryan day has, has just been, and he's admitted, he's just been stubborn about it. Like he's, he's been trying to force this short yardage running game, like on third and one, fourth and one to prove they're quote unquote tough and go get a yard. Uh, and he finally broke the tendency last week by throwing on, on fourth and short. They didn't get the throw. Uh, unfortunately, it was a drop pass, which is, I guess, rare for them. But um, yeah, I mean, I hope he's going to break a tendency and kind of just be a little more aggressive uh, on third and short and fourth and short with passing the football. That offense should be able to get two yards with two with two pass attempts every time. It should always happen. Like it should they, like they don't need to run that frequently in short yards. Is what I'm saying. Um, so situationally, I am worried about it. Yes, if we're in a game where we need a touchdown and they can't trust themselves to get two yards in the running game, that feels bad. That does not feel – you don't feel confident when you have to pass the ball. Um, but I think the running game has improved drastically. I think they broke with some tendencies. I think they're starting to incorporate more reliefs. Uh, they, they threw some mesh finally this week for the first time in forever. Um, they have – they've thrown some screens successfully in previous games. They are – you know, they incorporated like an RPO slant concept. Just basic things they should have had all along. They are now going to be shown in chunks and pieces to the point that I feel like if Ryan Day calls a good game, there are enough answers uh, to problems with the short yardage running game that I shouldn't, it does not feel like a massive concern, but it is the biggest one on the offense probably. Yeah, I, I think the best matchup that I, I do feel that, you know, Ohio State kind of has like long pass protecting guards. Um, you kind of have like offensive tackles playing offensive guard. And maybe that's just my perception, but I do feel like that's, you know, and I I feel like Michigan can win the, the interior in the run game, at least like, I don't know if their, their defensive tackles are going to get a whole lot of pass rush, but I do feel that Michigan is really deep, uh, a lot deeper this year, um, a defensive tackle than those tackles uh, are special. Mason Graham is really good to watch. Mason Graham as, as an 18 year old is like at a position where freshmen almost never make an immediate impact. He's been like, He's like all Big Ten. Like I, I truly believe that. Like he's he's sick, and I don't know how he possibly like got overlooked by so many West Coast schools. Um, Mozzie Smith has been, uh, you know, kind of like a workman. Like he he, did, he hasn't quite taken the step to like game breaking defensive tackle that I think some people thought he would. But he's he's still been really good. And then uh, Chris Jenkins doesn't get talked about a lot, but he's like kind of like a penetrating, like explosive um, defensive tackle is they're really deep defensive tackle. And um, I think they can, you know, especially when they go to their five man fronts, which is effectively like, you know, what their three, four is um, I think they will win on the interior. And I think that if they decide that they want to make Ohio state one dimensional and, you know, stop 
it kind of like go, you know, reverse the way you would think about it, like stop the run first and like force them to be like a passing only team. I think they could accomplish that if they wanted that to be their game plan. Um, that's the best. I mean, look, I think Ohio State obviously is an elite offense and I don't feel great about a ton of matchups, but I feel good about the interior versus the interior in the run game. Yeah, that's that's a valid point too, especially uh, a guy I loved last season. You mentioned the problem that Ohio State has slash had and and sometimes still has with, with a lot of guys in the interior playing guard who don't feel like guard bodies. Uh, this year, they've gone from four tackles on, on the offensive line to just three, which feels like an improvement. Uh, Donovan Jackson's <laughs> definitely still that same body type as, as Thayer Munford. Um, but but I do feel like Matt Jones last year when he came into the game was the only like road grader at guard that Ohio State was playing. And this year has been very banged up and really struggled. He had a, he had a poor game against Maryland. Um, I, I, he's someone who's been impressive in Roblox situations, but he just does not look right healthy, like health-wise this year. Has had some ankle problems. Has not been consistent whatsoever. There's talk he might not be able to play, and Enoch Amahi or Josh Fryer could start, which would be, again, a more traditional guard body for them. But, um, yeah, we'll see about that one, I, I guess, as, as the uh, kind of the week goes on, the prep goes on. But what you're saying is true. I do think that is Michigan's biggest advantage on defense. Uh, obviously, they've had some problems with the linebacker play. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know how you feel about linebacker run fits for Michigan. You know it better than I do what they're kind of they're trying to do there. It seems like some of those guys have been inconsistent and, and they're like run discipline. But again, Ohio State is not relying enough on the run game to the point they're going to try to exploit that. Like, it's not the matchup they want to go after, right? It's not where they're trying to win the game. And it, yeah, and, and I, I said this on our podcast that we just recorded. Um, I felt that like... Uh, uh, I don't feel like Ohio State's offense is very, very difficult to defend, obviously. I don't feel like it's the type of the offense that is going to confuse linebackers, really, right? Like, yeah. I don't – it's like the run game is – I mean, it's zone heavy. It's not all offensive zone. Like, I've been pushing the agenda um, – or offensive zone. <laughs> it's not all zone. Like, I've been pushing my agenda online. But, like, it is very zone heavy. It's not going to, like, really try to get – you know, it's not like Michigan's run game where – they, you know, sometimes to their detriment, like try a million different things to get like linebackers to be in the wrong gap. Um, so they, I, I they are much I, more concerned with putting safeties in conflict than linebackers. That is, yeah, that is, that is right. who they're attacking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that, you know, uh, Junior Colson, I think is kind of like almost taking the step forward a bunch. Um, he's, he's very, very athletic. He's very fast. Like I feel good about him, like going sideline to sideline. And uh, Michael Barrett's been, um, kind of like a good surprise this year. Like he's uh, he was sort of like a hybrid linebacker in the Don Brown system that they just converted the full-time linebacker. And um, as long as like, he's not uh, playing against, you know, the Wisconsin's and Iowa's of the world, like he's pretty good. He's also fast. He's actually pretty good in coverage against tight ends. Um, if, if, if the run game isn't going to like super challenge them in terms of run fits, I'm not super worried about them. Um, and I don't think, Ohio State really throws a lot to their, you know, to their running backs uh, to, to, you know, they don't, I mean, look, Cade Stover is a problem. Um, that'll be, that's kind of like an X factor, but I don't think Ohio State like wants to live there. I don't see that being like a down to down thing um, is, is the linebackers being a huge problem. I mean, we saw last year, like, you know, Josh Ross was is slow as hell and really struggled a lot <laughs> of the year and then actually kind of had like a pretty good game against Ohio State. Um, yeah. it, like not shutting anything down, but just like they didn't really test him. You know, it's it's not it's not what Ohio State really wants to do, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I agree with that for sure. I think there's been yeah, it's it's just not the game, right? It's not what they're trying to do. Um, they've incorporated some of that probably just to 
just to try to put something on film for Michigan. Like you've seen some more CJ Stroud keepers now on some of these reads as we've gone further in the season. Um, they're doing maybe a little more to, to make linebackers just hesitate for even a second, but it's not where the game's going to be won or lost. I think we can, we can fairly agree on that. I, I guess what I'm most interested in is, Ohio, is Michigan's corner matchups uh, and defensive back matchups probably against Ohio state, which is obviously the juice for the offense, right? I mean, uh, you have Marvin Harrison, Emeka Buka, um, Julian Fleming, Xavier Johnson are kind of the top four right now with, with Jaden Ballard uh, getting some shred and Kate Stover is still a threat in the passing game as well. I, I've seen, I thought just from what I watched against, against Illinois that Will Johnson improved a fair bit over the course of the season. Another kind of really talented young player. I, I guess for, yeah, I'm sure you know this lineup better than I do, but coming to here, what are your expectations between uh, Sant Rasil and, and, and Johnson and these guys kind of, what is your confidence level in the Michigan secondary against the Ohio state passing attack? Um, So <clears throat> I would say that like, it's as high as it could be. Like, I think Ohio State just has has such a transcendent, tra- transcendent passing game that I don't know, like, there is no group of corners in the country that I feel like is like, oh, yeah, they're going to lock Ohio State down, you know? Um, I mean, Marvin Harrison is, is unbelievable. I mean, you know, the fact that you're, you're missing uh, J- uh, Jack, uh, JS, uh, JSN and, like, not really missing him at all in terms of reduction is, is crazy. Um, so you know, do I think that Michigan has, I, I DJ Turner has, has long speed. Um, he's going to yeah. be an NFL corner. Uh, he's, he's, he struggled a little bit this, like he's, he feels like he gets beat once or twice a game. Um, but I still do think like on the whole, he's been very good. Jemon green's been really solid. Will Turner has, has flashed and gotten a lot better in recent weeks. And Mike Sanders still has been a really, really solid, like wildly good for a position switch player, um, you know, in, in his senior year. Um, yeah. But all that said, it's like Ohio State is Ohio State's a one of one test. You know, it's like how much can you project these guys like locking down Penn State's passing game or locking down? You know, they, they, they I say they won against Miss Maryland's passing game too. How much right. do you project that to Ohio State? Right? Like it's just it's a totally it's a totally different ball game. And you know, like last year these guys won enough to for Michigan to win, but they're not going to like win. You know, Ohio State's going to win the matchup. Like you know what? Unless it's Unless it's like you know hurricane conditions, um, they're Ohio State's going to be able to pass the ball. Um, it's it's yeah. about the like, question is margins. Can you yeah. can can you win on the margins, right? Like can you get can you confuse CJ Stroud enough with coverage? I, they, they they do you know to their credit, like they run an NFL style defense, like they run like basically the Ravens defense, um, and they they do mix up coverages. Like they 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 can play zone, they can play man. Um, they, I think that they've gotten a little bit reliant on predictable man coverage in uh, in like crunch downs this year. I think that's something that Jesse Minter can work on. Um, he's been pretty good. I, I, I've actually really liked him as a defense coordinator. I remember you trashed yeah. him on our, on uh, our joint pod at the beginning of the season, but oh, I think he's of been course. good. Um, yeah. yeah. You got you to project narratives. What do, you, what do you want me to do? Oh, like, for I'm, sure. You're hiring, yeah, no, <laughs> you're hiring a guy yeah, from look, Vanderbilt. I, I, I got to get I my jokes off. Yeah. Right. It yeah, is really yeah, funny, I mean, by the way, that they're, that, of the 15 finalists for the Royals, five of them are Big Ten defensive coordinators. Uh, very yeah, funny. Right. Uh, <laughs> Dude, we're just juicing SP Plus so hard. Like, I think SP Plus is, you know, love Bill Connolly, like, but it can't quite adjust enough for just how bad uh, Big Ten de- big, big Ten offenses are this year. I was going to say Big Ten West, but honestly, it's all of the Big Ten. Like, what what is – I mean, Michigan's still the, the second-best offense in uh, – 
in in the Big Ten by like a considerable margin, and they they've plummeted the past couple of weeks. I mean, it's like who's the next best? Is it like Penn State or Maryland? I guess. Yeah, I, I think Penn State actually with that with that last Michigan Michigan dropped the twenty eighth in SP plus. I think Penn State now is at twenty first, just ahead of them after a couple of good weeks. Okay. But it's still like what you're saying is you know largely correct. Like it's been just a whole mess of bullshit below that. My, my running theory <laughs> is that. Uh, Everything got propped up because of Minnesota's early season run where they were scoring like yeah. 45 <laughs> points every week, uh, which is just obviously insane. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like Minnesota was like number two and no, not number two. It was like number five in SP plus after they smoked Michigan state. And it was like, I feel like that was, there was a lot of like early wobbliness just based on how bad Michigan state was getting smoked by everyone. Yes. Like yeah. Washington was like up at like t- number 10 early. Like it was, there was, a, there was a lot going on there. It, yeah, but, the system uh, yeah, hasn't been able to account for a couple. There's a couple of weird Big Ten things, and TCU the whole season has thrown it off too. Like, there's just like I love SP Plus, like you do as well. It's very fun, but like there's just been a couple teams that it can't quite like get a feel for, and I, I think right, like half right. of them are in the Big Ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be, it, I mean, this is this is the thing with like Don Brown's defenses for so long. Was it like they would hold like you know every team besides like the actual good ones to like two yards, you know, it was like, it was just so man to man and so blitz heavy that it was like so many teams just like did not have the requisite like talent to deal with it at all. And we would literally hold yeah. them to like, you know, two yards per play. And then it was like, wow, this is the best, you know, defense in America. And it's like, okay, that doesn't actually work when like teams can block and, you know, and, and get open. But anyway, so Illinois uh, defense yeah, no, this year. yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that's basically, yeah, that's basically what it is, you know, um, if you're a team that, you know, can't pass the ball or whatever, if, if you were one of those teams, theoretically, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's no, I, I think, I think like Ohio State's going to get what they want in the passing game. Um, but I think like, it's just about making a couple plays. It's about, uh, confusing CJ Shred a couple times. It's about, um, you know, mixing up coverages and like just winning enough of those matchups that I, I don't think this is the same passing game as last year. Like I'm not as afraid of this passing game as I was of last year's passing game. And I know that like Ohio State's probably had more balanced offense maybe than last year and they fixed some issues, but they do not have it's I'm sorry. These guys are not Chris Olave, uh, JSN. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Wilson. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah. it's, it is a step down from that, even if they are like still probably the best in the country. Yeah. I think that's the correct assessment. I would agree with it too. Uh, especially just because of skill set, right? Like the way they've had to use Emeka Ibuka who wasn't really prepared for this role this season. Like he, he was not expecting to be the number two guy in the offense, like having to win battles outside. Like it's not really what I think they thought he was going to do. Uh, they expect a lot more, you know, pressure uh, on the defense being put on from JSN. The way JSN attacks the middle of the field is very unique. And they've tried to do some of that. Like, but, but frankly, like, like frankly, Julian Fleming is just an inconsistent receiver. Like they don't trust him to win battles and coverage. They don't trust him really to like make contested catches. And, and like, that's critical of a guy who's like a former five-star player and, and who still is like making impacts in some serious games. Like, he had a huge catch against Maryland and played really well against Penn state. Like there were games he showed out, but when your drop off is from Julian Fleming, or sorry, when your drop off is from Jackson and Jigba, who I think was the best receiver in America coming into this, into this season to, to a guy who you don't really trust on third down, that's a huge difference. Like that is a, I mean, that is a massive, massive deal. Um, but I am also, I don't know, one of like the pet theories going around this week that I think I'm starting to buy into as well is that like, if there's going to be like a mythical, like Wolverine killer in this year's game, you know, every time one of these games is, is a highly put matchup, there's some guy who makes his name, right? It was like 2018 was Chris Olave as, as that redshirt freshman that like, got his, got his due. I don't know. My, my pet pick for this year is Xavier Johnson, the, the walk-on receiver who is just like every time he touches the ball made a big play. 
and it's starting to really emerge late in the season. He, he's been fun to watch. And I think they trust him right now more than Julian Fleming, even if Fleming's ceiling is much higher. Uh, I don't know. It'd be crazy. This room full of just nothing but five-star receivers to have a, a walk-on come in and be the guy in the game. I think it's just, it's, it's a good narrative that I'm, I'm hoping to see play out, which is, of course has nothing to do with football. It's just a fun storyline, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be super fun for you. It's, you know, scrappy underdog, Ohio state receiver, uh, you right. Know, makes, makes a big <laughs> for himself in the game. That'd be super fun for everyone. Yeah. Also, that's what, like, we're, all, no that's what we're all rooting for. Uh, no one is going to believe that he's like a walk-on because uh, like, I think like when people will say walk-on receiver, they have a certain archetype that they're imagining in their head. So it's like, you're not going to hear mm. like on the broadcast <laughs> that he's like a walk-on receiver. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> And, and which is funny. I don't know if you've been following this story. Me and Pat have talked about it in our podcast a couple of times, but uh, the best receiver in the Mac this year is Sam Wigloos, who is like exactly what you're thinking of as the archetypical uh, uh, walk-on receiver, just like a, a kind of like shaggy haired white guy uh, who right, transferred yeah. from Ohio, Ohio state to Ohio and is like leading the Mac in receptions and yards, just absolutely balling out while, while running like That's a four crazy. seven. It's great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we all love that for him, but um, no, yeah, it's to your point though, largely. I agree that Ohio State's passing sack took a step back. I think CJ Stroud has been pretty much the same guy. Like, I have no complaints about CJ. I don't think he took a great step forward or a great step backwards. I think he's the same dude. I mean, he could uh, he couldn't have he he couldn't have taken a step forward, right? I mean, it's like he's the best quarterback in I mean, give or take, you know, uh Bryce Young, he's the best quarterback in America, right? I mean, yeah, a step forward was 2019 Joe Burrow, which is like what some Ohio State fans were hoping for yeah, if James said right. healthy, which of course is like that's just our I mean, our pervert brain is like, if you're not Joe Burrow, you were kind of disappointed this year. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but I feel like Joe, like 2019 Joe Burrow is just CJ Stroud with, you know, like uh, Jamar Chase. You know what I mean? Like it's, sure. it's, it's, and I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's very marginal. Yeah. He's, I think he's been incredible. Like to all, all, all jokes aside, like CJ Stroud is very, very good. Yeah. No, no complaints about CJ. Um, I, I do, I am curious to see, the longer it's gone on, the more teams have just shaded towards Marvin Harrison and been willing to kind of just do everything they can to, to you know, cover him at all costs and make him work for it. He's still making those plays. Like CJ has been very reliant on passing to him. It reminds me a lot of kind of what happened in the Rose Bowl against Utah, where uh, everyone knew the ball was going to JSN every time. And he still got open across the middle of the field because he could, uh, except it's, it's Marvin Harrison along the sidelines. He's just making space happen. I mean, he's an incredible receiver. He is uh, I mean, like you can uh, obviously watching him play, you can see like the knowledge of the game he had just from being around his father and just like the way he's able to create space with his size is, is incredible. Uh, he's fucking Did nuts. Did you say you learned anything else from his dad, like, or anything <laughs> in particular? <laughs> hmm, no comment at this time. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's an incredibly gifted player. That catch he made against Indiana, I'm sure you, you saw it, but the, where he put the yeah, foot insane. down when he was like absolutely absurd. Just, I mean, He's he's amazing. And of course, the lurking specter of like, what if JSN plays is in everyone's head too. I don't think he will. And we'll, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about injuries here in the next few minutes, but uh, I, I don't think that JSN is going to play. It's not my expectation. But uh, if he does, even as a decoy, the pressure that would take off of Marvin, I think would be tremendous for this offense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the packing attack special. I think it's worse than last year's for sure. Last year's was more varied. There more skill sets. Um, Garrett Wilson plays comparably to Marvin, Marvin Harrison to me where they don't really have a Chris Olave this year. There is no downfield burner like that. Um, Chris Olave was just like the most dependable guy in the world too. Yeah, it's a different skill set. I'm curious to see how it plays out and how, how you know, attacks Michigan secondary. Um, I ultimately think the biggest difference though on Ohio's passing attack is that Michigan's pass rush this year is not even close to what it was with Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. Um, not to say it's a bad pass rush at all, 
you know, I, I think there's been some success for this team. Um, obviously I, I, you know, uh, Mike Morris has had some, had some success for you guys. I know he was banged up last week, but he's should be good for the game for everyone says. Mm. Um, yeah, but it doesn't feel like, I mean, just the win rate uh, on your pressure is, is, is nearly what it was last year with Hutchinson. Right. I mean, that's the biggest difference to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to really, I mean, it's not just, I'll just say that much like straight up, but it's hard to tell in some games because it does, I don't know, like. There's two types of games Michigan has. It's like bad offensive lines. They just absolutely demolish and like can get pressure whenever they want. Um, they've, they've done that a couple of times. And then like teams that are just getting rid of the ball as soon as it gets, gets back to the quarterback. Like there's so many jack shit offenses in this league this year that don't even try to pass protect a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. at times it's been hard to tell if like Michigan's Michigan's pass rush is shitty or if it's just not <clears> – <throat> not being given enough time. Um, I think, you know, I think that uh, Morris would be a great number two pass rusher. Um, he, I think he's pretty good. Um, I think Michigan has young guys that are like promising. Um, they have, uh, I'm totally drawing a blank on, uh, I think more Derek Moore is, is a yeah. really promising young pass rusher. Um, Iyabi Oki is, uh, has flashed a lot. Like he's, he's actually like a, you know, a fifth year guy, but he's one of them. He's like, getting his first real year of like playing real football under, you know, actual coaches. Um, so he's, he, he's flashed a lot. Like, I think he's a guy that like, if, if Michigan's going to be able to like get pass rush wins, we'll have to, you know, flash. And then the interior guys, like, I, I do think um, there have been some promising uh, pass rush, you know, like pass rushes from, um, uh, from Mozzie and from uh, Mason Graham, honestly, is like it, yeah. insane that he's he's already good at pass rushing from the interior as a freshman. And interior um, passes are so but, valuable too; it's crazy. Yeah, dude, it's it's like it's something that you truly just can't like. There's there's no answer for a great interior pass rusher. Not that he's great yet, but he's he's shown like flashes of being that level of guy. Um, and so all that said, like it's I don't think the interior. I, I just I don't. The answer is that like I think Ohio State's just gonna be able to going to be able to block these guys in the passing game. Um, I, I I think they're going to have to get, like, just enough wins in crucial spots. Like, that's a big thing, too. Like, not only did Aiden Hutchinson dominate in last year's game, but he dominated in such key, like, high leverage downs that it it made it feel like he was playing even bigger than he was. If, if Morris can, like, you know, get a couple wins in big situations, that'll go a long way versus, like, you know, Maybe yeah. they get like a sack on like second and five and it's like, okay, now they're just in third and 10 and they can convert, you know? Um, it's, it's gotta be, in, it's gotta be in big situations. It, there's going to have to be well-timed blitzes. They're going to have to just like, just figure it out. Like there, that's all, that's all there really is to it. Like I think Ohio state's offensive line should be able to handle these guys on a down to down basis. It's just going to have to be like, again, like I said, enough on the margins to keep it close, you know, and to, or to get like a couple stops. Yeah. Do you um do you have anything else you want to get into or do you want to kind of kick this over to the Michigan offense? Yeah, let's let's do it. I think I think that's I think that's all really I mean, you know, I think that it's I think it's gonna be an interesting matchup. Like I think Michigan's defense has been, I do believe it's better on the whole than last year. Um, mm. but you it's know, last balanced, year's defense yeah. I think I think balance, yeah. And I think it's I I feel better about the interior, which is such a valuable, you know, position group. Um, but it's you know, last year's defense, again, like I said, won in so many crucial spots, despite like generally losing most of the battles. 
um, that it felt like they were, you know, it felt like they were dominating Ohio State's offense more than they actually were. Um, and it's just, they, you know, they're going to have to replicate that. They're going to have to, like, you know, uh, find find a way to win. Like, I think Ohio State's offense, you know, should it, – it's just so far and away the best offense that Michigan's faced this year, so. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, right? And I, and I think, like – as we talked about the big 10 has a couple of strong defenses here too, but, but the combination of talent uh, and, and, you know, coordination ability that Michigan has and play calling uh, obviously it's, it, I think, and from scheme standpoints, I think it's, it's comparable in terms of success to, to Iowa maybe, but the level of player you're playing against is drastically different, right? The level of talent that Michigan has ever guys yeah. with a chance to be a game winner to individual matchups. It's just different. Like Iowa has to be perfect every play to slow down Ohio state. Uh, Michigan can make mistakes and recover from them because of the talent level they have, um, which I think is the biggest difference between you know Ohio State playing a team like Iowa or even a team you know like Penn State as a top twenty SP plus defense, right? Versus a Michigan versus a Georgia, um, it's a different ball game entirely, in my opinion. Um, yeah, no, I so, agree. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else to Ohio State offense. I'm curious to the matchup. I, I think, like you said, I, I think they should be able to get their get their yards passing the ball. Um, ironically these two defenses have actually been i did the numbers before last week i have to i have to go back and do them again this week but uh like a true pervert i measured every power five uh non-garbage time red zone possession for michigan and ohio state uh and they were like one percentage point off in a red zone touchdown red zone scoring percentage allowed uh just like identical defenses in the red zone at least which I'm curious about because Ohio State seems to have maybe improved that area after it was a real problem the last couple of years under Ryan Day and big games. I know Michigan struggled a lot in the red zone this year, which we'll talk about on offense. Uh, it, it feels like, you know, whether or not Michigan can can hold up in the red zone against Ohio State and prevent those drives from getting finished on non-explosives. Um, I mean, that's the kind of, that's what I need to win, right? That's what they need to make a difference at. That's where it has to come mm-hmm. down to. And when the field gets shorter for Ohio State and they can't stretch you out with Marvin Harrison, um, that's the biggest difference there. And, and I think a place where a place that interior pass rush with Mason Graham, the other guys can make a huge difference. And, and I'm curious to see how that looks on, on the field. But I think, I think that's definitely the biggest, the biggest comparison point for Michigan's defense against Ohio State's offense. And I'm excited to see that play out. Um, the Michigan offense, right? I, I mean, uh, the Blake Corum injury, we're all doing this a Pruder from every kind of quote and, and you know, interview being given where we're all watching the Ypsilanti Turkey giveaway. Like it's, you know, like it's JFK being shot in the head. We're, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm watching to see if he like, if he like turns the corner on the sidewalk, like, like just quick enough. It's like, yeah, that looks like a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate to make light of it, obviously, because I, I hope he's healthy. I hope he's okay. What was your, okay. When you were watching the injury happen in the game, I immediately like, like I rewound it back and watched social media clips like five times to see if his knee moved at all on the plant. My, my theory is he heard it on the plant and not the contact. Where, where do you come down on this? Uh, what the, the the rumblings that I've heard is that it's like a bone bruise. So I think he actually got hurt on the contact. Um, okay. So I don't know. I, I think that I was sure that he was done for the year when he went down. I'm just like, that's, I, I don't know. It just seemed like so, it seemed so clear, you know, and it's like, he's gotten so many carries this year. It was like, it felt like, you know, we we're living a charmed life. Um, and I was just like, I can't fucking believe. Like I, I've never been devastated in by an injury like that. I feel well. Like actually, when Denard got hurt, like that was tough. Yeah. But it wasn't in this in the same situation of like coming up to the like leading up to the game and just yeah. like a guy that is finalist. Like, just so yeah. the yeah right. Like it just that would have taken all the gas out of the game. You know. I mean, I, not that like there's zero percent chance Michigan could have won, but it would have been tough. Um. So 
I think he will play. I really do think so. Um, the fact that he came back out on the field for the second half of Illinois and got one carry, like very bizarre. It, it really felt like Michigan was like willing to lose the Illinois game. It, it like did not feel like they just had so many guys out for like my, what, what seemed like must be minor injuries. You know, I don't know. It was, it was weird. And I, I do feel like he's going to go at least try to give it a shot for Ohio state. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, it's it's such a huge game that I feel like anyone that can possibly go is going to play, right? Like like Mayan yeah. Williams is going to is going to play for Ohio State. Like his ankle is clearly fucked up. There's no way he's going to be 100. I, I think same with you know uh, same with Blake Corum. I can't imagine he's actually going to be 100 for this game or close to it. And and it seems like Donovan Edwards no. is going to try it out too, right? The, 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 what I've been heard from Donovan Edwards, uh, someone close to the Michigan team, is that he has a broken bone in his hand, like next. To, it's adjacent to his thumb, like one of the. The hand bones below your index fingers, the bone that I heard was broken for, for Donovan Edwards. And that basically, if he plays, it's going to be uh, in a club, uh, which as a pass catching back is tough. But right. these guys are all going to go. I mean, Tommy Eichenberg has two broken hands right now. Ethan Ransom broke his thumb during the game against Maryland. Like, <laughs> all of these guys are playing. Like, they're going to, they're taking Tommy, the horse Tommy Eichenberg with two broken hands is, is so funny. It's, it's, it's such a funny thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's such, also, I mean, like, I'm sure you heard our podcast in the off season, but like we talked so much shit on that guy and he has legitimately been, I think like one of the best linebackers in the big 10, if not the best linebacker in the big 10, like he has been amazing for Ohio state. He does everything they need him to. Uh, Yeah. He he rocks, but I mean, yeah, two broken hands is very amusing. Just a classic. Like he looks like (laughs) such a 1990s big 10 linebacker. Always missing is the neck roll. He needs it, but like, (laughs) Just like a white guy, like no haircut styling to speak of at all, no drip in any way, shape, or form. Just like going out there with two fucking clubs on his hand and breaking heads is is just. I mean, there's there's some Ohio State fans are and like mommy already writing uh writing uh fan fiction about this. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. I think I think that I do think that both Michigan backs will go. Um. And I. Uh, yeah. If, if John Rennes was in a club, that's that's genuinely. Um. I had not heard that actually. Uh, but it, you know, yeah, a lot of people are saying that, that, be, that would be a, you do. That's that's been a lot yeah. of the talk. I mean, there's there's of course there's a lot of message reporting on our your and I relationship, and I think a lot of people are saying that they're worried you've lost the juice. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's 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 a lot of. Uh, I mean, look, look, most of my scoops come from just like uh, guys that are like I don't know. Just I, I will take anything and run with it. Um, I've gotten so many. <laughs> I've gotten so many like very very uh, suspect scoops from like weird dudes with like three followers on the internet um that you know claim to, to know xyz but you know anyway it's, it's like the same four four rumors running around michigan twitter like for the past course, you know, yeah. 15 years um but anyway yeah no i i he, that would be a big blow because he is like just you know and i'm sure we'll get into it here like he is our best receiver by far um i'm talking like a straight up wide receiver uh so yeah. you know it's it's I, I do think like you said i think anyone that can go will go yeah, have to. I mean, it's just, it's, and it's like, you know, I tried to be the toxic football fan too often too, but like, if you're even close, you gotta, you better fucking go. I mean, I don't know if, if you can, if, if, if you can do permanent damage to your body by playing this game, I think you got to think about it. Uh, <laughs> it's, if you're not playing for my entertainment, like, I mean, uh, what, what are you doing with your, with your career? Um, <laughs> uh, but, but no, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest difference, right? Is this year, uh, Blake Corum is, I, I know I've made uh, some disingenuous takes on Twitter before about how he was like, 
I think I, I think the quote that I had is that he was not a top three back in the Big Ten at one point in the season. I think I was just saying that to to be a troll, but he's obviously <laughs> he's an elite running back. Like I, I would take uh, maybe Bajan Robinson and Chase Brown over him. I guess that's like the whole list that I would consider taking over Blake Corum. Uh, and even that, I'm not sure on either guy. Like it's it's clearly a it's an upper echelon of those three in the sport to me, and he's he's right there with any of them. He's a special special player, uh, and if he's not full go. I mean, it's a drastic change to the offense, right? Like it's, it's just, they're so reliant on what he does in the second level. Yeah. He, he makes so much of the, so many explosive plays himself. I mean, I think this offensive line does a great job getting three yards, um, but he just yeah. does so much with it. Um, he sets up his block so well. He's, he's so hard to tackle uh, just one-on-one. Like he he's quick, he's powerful. He's, he's so short that it's like, it's like trying to like, you know, just tackle a cannonball. Um, and he's, he's just, he makes so many of the yards himself. Um, he's been incredible this year. Uh, I, I really, you know, like I, it's rare to see a running back be such a impactful player in today's, you know, football. Um, and yeah, he's, he's special. He's, he's absolutely special. And, uh, I, I very much, you know, I think he will go, but I, you know, it's, it's hard to think about like what this Michigan offense would be with him sidelined. Yeah. And, and as you alluded to, right, like the offensive line is incredibly special, right? Adding uh, Olomotami to that group after like everyone they already had coming back uh, is, is unbelievable. I mean, it's an incredible offensive line group. It's one of the best in the country. I believe they, they are the only unit in the country. I'm sure you're as much of a football outsider's offensive line stats freak as I am, but uh, they they rank, I think, in the top 25 of every single statistical category in the country, which is the one of, I think, maybe the only line to do that. I think it'd be Oregon's as well, but that's about it. Um, just just a really, really strong group uh, that makes a ton of opportunities. And then to have it back that gets opportunities and turns them into explosives in the second level um, is incredible, right? Uh, I mean... I don't know. Is, is Trevor Keegan, uh, is he going to play? I guess you guys are maybe a left guard missing. Um, I yeah. don't know. Does, does any of this matter to you? Like, do you, have you seen any drop off at all whenever the offensive line's been banged up? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's interesting because against Illinois, yes, um, they, they, there was clearly some drop off. That was the first game really all, that was really the first game all season that they didn't, you know, uh, they didn't run the ball great against Indiana, but that was more like an Indiana was completely selling out to stop the run thing. Um, Illinois definitely beat them up front in a way that I've not seen all year. Um, I not like, do I think it matters? Like I G O L Hottie has been, uh, their, their backup left guard. He's been really yeah. good. Um, I liked him as a recruit to, to least, too, like, actually. Yeah. 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 He was, he was like a top hundred type, um, that like just kind of one of those guys that like, Michigan got super early and like never let go of. It's kind of like the only type type of top 100 player we get anymore. Um, it's like a guy that we identify like way before anyone else. Um, so yeah. he's, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, like he, he's been really good. Um, I think Keegan's definitely like on another level. Like he's, he's an all big 10 level player. Um, but Zinter and Oluwatimi, uh, and then Hayes, like are, and then honestly, like Barnhart's been pretty darn good too. Like the, it, yeah. it's, it's none of these guys. Oluwatimi and, and Oluwatimi and Zinter are maulers, right? And Hayes is pretty darn good. It's it's not though that these guys are all like maulers. It's like they're just very well organized and they run, they they run so many different schemes with a lot of precision, and they just so rarely miss blocks. Like they just none of these guys are, are necessarily like you know absolute you know uh, I don't know early draft picks at, at, at you know the guard tackle position, um, and they're not like just 
individually like dominating. They just are are hitting all of their marks. They they know their assignments well, and they run so many different schemes with such precision. Um, so I do. I think there's a huge drop off. Not necessarily. Um, I would certainly rather have Keegan back, and I do think he. It's, he's another one where it's like I feel like he's at least going to give it a go. Um, the the other the, the other thing is that apparently Trenty Jones, who is like the the, the starting right tackle to start the season, um, is is back a hundred percent. He was replaced by Carson Barnhart. So like, they kind of like do have depth. They can move Barnhart back to yeah, guard. If they seven or eight to. guys. They trust and then the kick play. Trent yeah. yeah. Right. Like they, they it's, it's in, in the portal era, it's really unheard of to uh, have just like this many guys that you feel really comfortable about playing offensive line. Like, I mean, so it's many, a credit so to many Sharon Moore too. Fall apart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sharon Moore keeping this going when they replaced Ed Warner. I mean, Ed Warner, who is, of course, a notorious asshole, but a very good O-line coach. Uh, like, like just keeping him, like keeping this line up after he was gone is is super, super impressive and easier said than done. Um, it's Sharon Moore has been fantastic for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, he's – I, I was super worried when they uh, got rid of Ed Warner and just replaced him with a guy that's never coached offensive line before, but he's been unbelievable. Like they, they just don't miss blocks. Um, they, they'll get beat physically. That's the one thing I'll say is like Carson Barnhart is not necessarily like a, he, like him against JTT one-on-one, like they're not going to let that happen. They're going to, they're going to chip and, and give him some help. And even Ryan Hayes is like not an elite left tackle, but they just do not like blow assignments very much. Um, they, they, they will at least like, you know, get uh, get hands on a guy um which is like that sounds stupid but like so many college offensive lines just absolutely suck and like are even even like good teams have like offensive lines that are just kind of trash like penn state like constantly has you know an offensive line that is blowing the sign just horrendous play. yeah um, it's, inc- it's incredible uh and i mean like even ohio state too like you, you'll see some of that with like i mean especially last year they just had guys that were wrong personnel fits like with all the you know especially how many nfl linemen come out of ohio every year and how few of them seem to end up at Ohio State. It's very like, which again, I'm, I'm bitching and I understand like any Ohio State fan bitching about anything on offense feels feels disingenuous, but it is annoying to see like guys just go to, you know, Duke out of Ohio become like a first round pick in the offensive line. It's, it's very frustrating to see happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, no, 100%. Like it's the, the mixture of his line is very special. And, and that matchup you alluded to there with whether it's with JT or, or Zach Harrison or Jack Sawyer or the defensive tackle rotation here making a difference. Uh, I'm very curious. The biggest thing to me, it's been a really stupid talking point on the Ohio State beat that there have been a few writers critical of Ohio State's defensive line rotation. Uh, and basically it needs to be shortened, which is when you look at like how many guys are actually playing, it's absurd. It's already very short. Like it's, it's shorter than Georgia's. It's shorter than Georgia's was last year. It's short for Ohio State standards. They're playing three full-time defensive ends, one guy coming in on kind of situational uh, situational downs, and you have four to five defensive tackles playing to play on the game. That is as bad as short of a rotation as you can play without, you know, without being at risk of not having any depth when injury comes. Uh, but, but I guess what I'm worried about here is the way Michigan, you know, runs its offense leads to extended drawn out drives and Ohio state frequently, if it's going to score, it's scoring fast. And I am worried with a rotation like that about what happens if this defensive line gets tired or if this if Michigan keeps going on consistent long drives again, it can lead on those situations where they're leaning on teams that like they have done before. Like they were leaning on Ohio state last season, right? Like that is a real concern for me is what if someone gets hurt on the D line? Uh, because I don't think they've done a good enough job of getting enough depth on the field at that position unit over the course of the season. So that is something that is, I guess, a minor concern for me, but the guys they're playing on the D line, like, 
look, Michigan's going to win the battle on rushing offense, right? They are going to run the football. It's there's no doubt about that. Like I think Ohio State is a good run defense. Uh, I'd say a very good one on, on you know national average. But Michigan has probably the best rushing offense in the country, if we're if we're being fair, or one of the top two or three. Uh, I have no doubt Michigan's going to get theirs. Same with the Ohio State passing offense will get theirs. The question is, is this unit capable of holding up on big third downs, on red zone opportunities? Uh, and it, can it create negative plays early on in drives? And I think the answer to all those questions is yes, they're capable of doing it. But we also have not seen them against an O-line, anything like Michigan's this season, because there isn't really one. I guess Notre Dame's is, is pretty damn good, but it's not Michigan's, right? So there's there's just not yeah, and also like to see this. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like coming down to, you know, similar to what I said about Ohio State's passing offense. Like, it's a one-on-one one one. test, you know? Yep. Like, there's no, like, I don't I don't know how much you can project, like, I don't know, uh, Maryland's rushing offense or Penn State's rushing offense or even, uh, you know, or, or like you said, Notre Dame's rushing offense to the, the, the variance, the amount of run schemes that Michigan's going to throw at you, the, the precision mm-hmm. with, with which they run them, the, the power that you have to deal with, you know, like in the interior. Um, and then hopefully, you know, like if, if Edwards and, and Quorum are playing, like uh, the, the, the type of like the, the caliber of running back that you're going to play. Um, and I think also like something that should be noted is that um, I think like Michigan actively keeps stuff in the bag for the game. I know like that's something that like every fan base says, but Michigan like absolutely keeps stuff in the shed yeah, for Ohio for State sure specifically and specifically like run schemes, just like weird run shit. And it doesn't always work, but it, it worked last year in a big way. And I think like Ohio State's linebackers have definitely, I mean, improved so much, like immeasurably. Like you said, I think yes. Tommy Eichenberg has been really good. Um, but Steel is it's rock like, solid. I, yeah. I, you know, they're, they're going to get a test they haven't seen. And, and you know, J.J. McCarthy's legs are going to be – I mean, J.J. McCarthy's legs better be activated because his arm sure as hell isn't. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like they're going to run the quarterback. They're going to have a lot of, like, zone read stuff going that they – like, really the, the, the last game that they, like, absolutely torched a team on the ground was Penn State. And that was because, like, they had J.J.'s legs going. And, like, so many – they just had safeties and, and linebackers running the complete wrong yeah. direction. Can um, I ask you that, too? Penn State played – their their safeties so far back so many times in that game. Why why are teams playing you in cover two with like that far off the ball? I don't understand it at all. Because uh, I think because I think that's like the meta that's the meta in the NFL now is that like you have to play too deep and you just like want to you want to force teams to beat you down the field um, like five yards at a time. And I don't think I think a lot of defensive coordinators like don't make big adjustments like that. Like you yeah. saw Illinois really have success because they they were willing to like go Don Brown mode and just go like extra man in the box, one high, like we're gonna trust our yeah. corners. And that's and, also compatible with like too. Like they love to play man any as it was. Like it's not right, even a huge yeah, exactly. adjustment for them. Yeah. 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 And so like you you have so many teams that like they yeah they want to go they they're just like oh yeah we're gonna make make you beat us five yards down the field. And like a lot of offensive coordinators I think genuinely like get bored. And they decide they want to take a shot, even though it's not there, yeah. you know, or like they, they want to switch it up. They want to pass on first down and Jim Harbaugh genuinely will just run the ball every, like if he's getting, getting five <laughs> yards, he's like, yeah, like I'm going to take five yards every time. Like it's, it's easy. Like I've got the best running back in the country. I've got the best offensive line in the country. Like I'll do it every time. And so I think like if Jim Knowles is willing to let that happen, which I, I don't think he will, you know, like he's going to, they're, they're going to be game planning, you know, more specifically for this game, but it's, 
there are certain teams that it's like, yeah, we're not moving off too high until we get into the red zone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I, I think that's a, that's a fair point. Um, it just baffles me. I don't know. Like I, I understand, it is, it is wild. I especially with Iowa. Like I just, I didn't, I, it, it was wild to see. Cause it was just like, yeah, Michigan's like taking five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards. And it's like, d- don't you get like frustrated? You know, don't you want to bring pressure? <laughs> I don't get it, man. Yeah, I, I truly don't. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Uh, I guess you just hope we can sell our three turnovers and fumble luck and, and maybe JJ makes a mistake in a passing game. But yeah, like you said, Michigan has no interest in kind of like letting that happen. They're willing to just take what you'll give them. Um, I, I think the biggest difference to what you alluded to is um, how much the Ohio State linebackers have improved, which is one cleaned up. Like, like we have not allowed many explosives in the rushing attack at all. Like uh, I can't recall one in a game that matters off the top of my head of how many explosives we've allowed the Russian attack. I can't think of a single time it happened, uh, but also the D line play, you know, two will allow coming into his own and Zach Harrison finally is a senior kind of coming along as a real NFL difference maker um, means they've been creating explosive. They've been creating negatives in the Russian game, which has been the biggest difference too, because this Michigan offense, I, I think if you're getting them to second and 12, they, I mean, that drive success rate plunges for them, like like more than they would for any opponent of comparable quality Ohio State would face. So the ability to create a stuff on first down or create a negative play to get after McCarthy, or I mean, that is a huge, huge difference. And and something that Knowles likes to hunt too, like that's his jack position that he runs, uh, where they have kind of Sawyer or Tumalolo stand up and move around the formation. Um, they haven't seen it as much in Big Ten play because they they kind of just been playing a lot of. A lot of very basic, boring cover. I think they don't want to put anything on tape for Michigan, basically. You've seen less and less of that, but but I do wonder if that's something we'll see more in this game because it's how he creates so many negatives in the Russian attack at Oklahoma State and what he likes to do. And I, I wonder what will that look like in this game. I'm, I'm fascinated to see. But they've also shown four three looks. Like they, they've actually, you know, they've been playing Cody Simon at linebacker and taking one of the safeties off the field. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think they probably don't respect JJ's arm and they probably shouldn't, right? Like, I, I don't think there's any evidence that the Michigan passing attack can, can get going at this point. Um, like I, I it's, it sounds like shit talk and I'm sorry if it does, but I, I think JJ McCarthy sucks. Like, I think he's a bad quarterback. I think he's not good at, at passing the ball more than five yards downfield. Like missed that open tight end late in the Illinois game it was so frustrating to watch. I'm sure as a Michigan fan and just like with Eric all hurt and, and like, you know, uh, there's just no one getting open, creating separation. And when they do, he's not hitting them. And, and like, could that change? Could they just have a high success rate this game? Like, it's possible, yeah, but I don't have faith in that. Do you, I mean, right? It doesn't seem likely. Yeah, I mean, you're getting down to the point where it's like, uh, it's just going to have, they're just going to all have to play their best game of the year if they want to have. Yeah, like, I think Michigan can, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. It's like, it's it's just, which is like, yeah, it's fine. It's happened before, you know? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's possible that they just have like a, uh, you know, yeah, like Ronnie Bell's the only reliable receiver right now. Um, I think I think JJ. I felt that in the Michigan State and Rutgers games, he was unfairly blamed for a lot. I thought he was throwing catchable balls that were just honestly mm-hmm. like receivers were just not making plays, and and more more worryingly like not getting open against like Michigan State and Rutgers, who are not you know, like right. we should easily be able to get open on them. Um, I, so, so a lot of the optimism in, in Michigan's receiver room going into the season, I talked about this a little bit on our podcast was like, okay, they've got so many guys that were like pretty good last year that are like talented that like came in with like someone will rankings. step up that it's like, yeah, someone's yeah. going to step up. Like one of these guys is like Andre Anthony, Cornelius Johnson, Ronnie Bell coming back from injury, 
like Roman Wilson, like one of these guys is going to be like an NFL receiver and maybe even two. And then like all of a sudden we're cooking with gas, you know? And it's like, none of them have. And honestly, they've all kind of regressed. Like Cornelius Johnson has been terrible. Roman Wilson like makes plays, but like has, has had some drops as well. And has been hurt. Um, Ronnie Bell is still Ronnie Bell. Like he's, he should be like a solid number two receiver, you know, like, but he's yeah. your number one guy you're going to. He's, he doesn't really get open, but he does like make contested catches and, and move the chains and key spots. Um, uh, I think Luke, Shoem- Luke Shoemaker's been good. He'll, he'll probably solid player. Been, like, hurt, but he's, you know, he's going to play this game. Um, ironically, Loveland, like, Loveland played well last week. I thought, yeah, is, is, is really like, is a really, really promising young, young tight end. And, uh, is is like blocks in a way that is uh is rare for like a freshman tight end um and then you know the big x factor has been been uh don edwards who like is the only legitimate like nfl receiver on this roster is like he he's a very very good receiving back um but yeah this group just overall has been like honestly on, on a team that's met expectations for the most part a pretty huge disappointment um and then jj like you know i thought he was playing i thought he played pretty good games honestly against like against Rutgers and Michigan state and just had a lot of drop passes, but against Illinois, he was bad. Um, and it's just like, it's starting to compound, compound itself. It's like JJ will make good throws that get dropped. And then he'll also have throws that he misses. And then also there'll be plays where like, just no one's open. And it's like, you add those three things together. It's like it, all of a sudden you've got like a, a passing game. that has been just really terrible um, the past two weeks. Sure. And yeah, I mean it's 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 he, gonna have to be percent of his passes at six point three yards at a ten. Like it's just there's not enough happening yeah. there. Yeah. Right. It's it's it just needs to be better. Um, I think a lot of it's I think part of it's on the passing concepts too. Like I I feel that Michigan, I, I feel that Jim Harbaugh's done a lot to modernize his offensive approach. Um, you know, like kind of taking his run game and bringing like, you know, and bringing it into the 21st century. Um, bring what he did in, at Stanford into like, you know, a modern like QB run type type offense, um, sure. incorporating RPOs, et cetera. But his passing game, like his drop back passing game is, is still just like West coast stuff that like was happening in the nineties. Like, I just feel like there's so many static routes run, run on this offense. And I feel that like Michigan's receivers are fast, you know, like Roman Wilson's very fast. Uh, Cornelius Johnson's very fast. Like Ronnie Bell is like fast enough. Like, just get you have a punishing run game you're going to get one-on-one matchups like just let these guys run like deep crosses and and you know run like run streaks and like that's not hard to do it's 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 something that like you can even even teams with good corners like if if you're left on one-on-one and like if, if you're if you're forcing the defense to put more guys in the box which michigan is doing like just take shots like not everything has to be like a you know I don't know, like a West Coast passing concept where like JJ is like forced to like read a defense, which he's clearly just not doing very well right now. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's a little bit frustrating. Um, again, it's like the passing game just comes down to like they are going to have to play their best game of the year and have a lot of stuff drawn up. And I think like honestly, something that I would like to see is um, Michigan's uh, something that's made Michigan's offense really hard to stop is that they're willing to run the ball on second and passing. You know, that they're yeah. willing to run the ball. If they get into third and even if they get into third and five, they'll run the ball twice. And it's been really effective. And but now teams are starting to scout that. And it's like, okay, now that you have established the tendency that you are willing to run the ball on, you know, non-standard downs, what should come off of that next is like a willingness to run play action on also non-standard downs. Cause like a lot of teams will try to run play action on second and ten, 
and it sucks because you're, you know, it doesn't stop the pass rush at all. Michigan could credibly run play action on second and 10 on yeah. second and eight on, you know, third and six and like actually get linebackers and safeties to bite because teams know that Michigan will run on those downs. And it's like, that's the big missing piece for me and kind of has been a complaint like the entire Harbaugh tenure is like for a team that runs the ball so damn much, they do not have enough play action that plays off of it and they don't use it effectively enough in my opinion. Um, and it's just, it, it can be frustrating to watch. hundred percent. And yeah, I mean like, like what you're saying is, is definitely true. Like with that team and yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think some of what they do that that play action, I think, would be more effective against other defenses, maybe other than Ohio State's. Like, especially as season's gone on, they've wanted to run a lot of that cover one rat with a lot of just like, uh, you know, a lot of man coverage on the outsides. It, it, it's been kind of interesting. Like, I, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how Ohio State tries to defend Michigan and how frequently go to that 4-3 look that they've started to show in heavier situations lately. Um, to me, it's frustrating because, I mean, I, I think – the safeties are some of the strength of the defense, right? And, and like taking off one of uh, Ronnie Hickman, Tanner McAllister um, is, you know, to play Cody Simon instead is not what you want to see, right? It's just not what, it's not what's going to be helpful for this unit at all. Uh, but, but it's also the match to play, right? And I think Cody Simon showed he can cover to the tight ends at Michigan's offense. So I don't know. I'm very curious to see how they play formationally, how much they're going to run that 4-3 as opposed to the 4-2-5 they prefer to run, um, how much they adjust their game plan to, Michigan's offense and what else like you said what Michigan has in the store what they've saved up um some of those tight end throws were absolutely open on Saturday against Illinois there's no doubt about it and McCarthy just missed them uh, which are touch throws the second level too which is always tough for a young quarterback um but you got to hit him right you gotta have the other day and, and I think I think the biggest maybe other thing to note here as well is that largely the vulnerable areas of Ohio State's passing attack have come from its corner play uh, they have not just had two corners play well on the same day more than one game this season. I don't know. Like, it's just not really happened. Like, Cam Brown's great. Cam Brown's really, really good. Denzel Burke has been good sometimes. Jordan Hancock's been good once or twice. J.K. Johnson's terrible. Uh, Jair Brown's a freshman and is maybe better than J.K. Johnson. Like, just not a lot of guys there who are who you trust in this game. But the question is, like, is it more likely that Michigan is going to be effective pass to the tight ends or outside to Ronnie Bell, or like you said, Roman Wilson, uh, Angel Anthony, I just trust, I think that day Michigan's going to try to attack a highest over the middle of the field and, and trust that they're going to get these safeties, these linebackers fooled against looks they're not used to. It feels like there's a lot of weird matchups between these two teams. You know, it's like a lot of the yeah. things that I feel like have really given Michigan trouble. It's like Ohio state isn't quite, built to do not they couldn't do it like i don't think ohio state wants to live in a five-man front you know i don't no, think ohio yeah. state wants to live in in heavy sets on defense um in the same way that like i don't think michigan wants to uh like live in in i don't know like like michigan can't really pass rush in the way that they would they would need to to like attack yeah ohio they need state. to blitz yeah right it's like and like i don't it's it feels like there's just a lot that is kind of it's kind of the nature of the season right that it's like there's there, there's so little that these teams maybe even know about themselves because with the exception of Penn State, like we haven't played like any good teams, neither one of us. You know, I mean, I don't know, like I think the second best win Ohio State has is probably like Iowa, you know, and I think the second best yeah. win Michigan has yeah. is probably Iowa, right? I don't, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe Illinois, I, I guess. Well, I guess, we, I guess, I don't, maybe Illinois, we, we did beat Notre Dame. I mean, that's a top 15 win. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess now technically, right? technically I guess, it is. What, yeah. what are they SP plus? <laughs> I think they're below Iowa and SP plus still. But anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's and even that was like you know that feels like ages ago now, right? Like it's sure you know it's there's there's so little that these teams kind of like know about themselves and how or maybe not like we know that like these teams are very good, right? We know these are like two of the top five teams in college football. But it's like, what do these teams look like when they come up against another like top five team in college football? And that's something we just definitely don't know yet. Um, you know, it's like the best extrapolation point we have is Penn State. And, you know, it's 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 yeah, it's weird. Um, it's very weird. And it's uh, it's it, again, like I think a lot of the things that Ohio's Ohio State's going to have to do things on defense to if they really want to like match up well with Michigan's offense that they're not necessarily comfortable doing. Like they don't want to live in that four three. They don't want to live in a five man front. They they probably don't necessarily want to live in like, you know, man coverage, single high. Um, but, you know, like I think those are the things that would give Michigan a lot of trouble. And uh, I think like I, I do, I think it's going to come down to like, you know, who's saved up most, like this side of the ball. <laughs> um, I, I think, I know like you, you don't think that JJ is very good. And I, you know, I can't argue with you given the past couple of games. Like I think he's a cap- certainly like a, a very, a very good runner. Um, I think he's capable of like making throws. It's like the, yeah, the, the, the comparisons. Just, the comparison someone made on our board was uh, was pre Oregon Bo Nix. Is kind of who JJ is, uh, which like JJ is like a, a basically a, a young version of that Bo Nix. Like he's like junior year Auburn Bo Nix. Yeah, he he also like the one thing I will say is like he doesn't do like dipshit shit like Bo Nix did. You know, like he yeah. he has to his credit like been pretty risk averse like he's kind of got that like Cade thing where it's like he's he really hasn't put the ball in in in, a, in harm's way that much um but no I agree with you in terms of like athleticism and like just arm talent and like willingness to like run around and like you know I don't know try to make a play um it's the, the passing game like I said is just gonna have its best game of the year if, if it had you know if if, if they want to be effective passing the ball um and you know it's, it's gonna come down to like is Michigan gaining four yards on first down or are they getting seven yards on first down? Um, like how, like how ready is Ohio state to play a, a team that's different than what they've seen so far this year. Um, and, uh, and, and how many, like, you know, how can Michigan execute in the red zone, which is, you know, been, been a struggle for them. And um, it's, it's been better the past couple of weeks, uh, but you know, they, they seem to, they just don't have a guy that they're, they don't have a guy at receiver that they feel comfortable like throwing one-on-one balls to, or like winning matchups in close space, um, you know, creating separation, like when it gets into the red zone. And I think that like ironically hurts them, even though they're such a good ground and pound team that you would think would, ex- uh, you know, excel in the red zone. So it's, it comes out of matchups. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like there's a lot of interesting ones and there's a lot of like, I don't feel there's so few matchups in this game that I feel totally confident about how they're going to go. hundred percent. Um, this is good, man. I feel like I, I I have learned more about Michigan from this. So I would now like to get into the part where I talk shit about the the quotes Jim Harbaugh's been giving <laughs> in the media. Uh, what is up with this bullshit of him walking back his shit talk last year? We, this is pathetic. I hate this. Come on, I haven't seen he, it today. What what did we, what did we say? So he was. I'll, I'll pull up the exact quotes uh, because uh, I should have probably done this before the pod. But what can you do? Um, uh, Oh, also, uh, the Lane Kiffin news is going on right now. I don't know if you've been following this Lane Kiffin to, to Auburn thing. He just called it fake news uh, on on the, on the social media. Uh, yeah, I saw. So, so 
on on our podcast uh taylor brought it up like as we were like closing down and then it was like apparently it got like called out as like fake news and yeah i he's definitely gonna go i i, I feel like he would definitely you know i feel like he's gonna go to all yeah of well the great yeah. part is that me and patrick did a whole podcast about it um so that's <laughs> um no but but harbaugh essentially like walk like you know he was asked about the the born on third base comments uh and all that stuff that he gave last year about ryan day and essentially walked it back uh and, and said that you know ryan day's a great coach and yada yada and he's a great guy and i don't know kind of kind of frustrating to me i was hoping he would just keep a little bit of that energy going on uh do you do you generally like it i'm gonna pull up the full quotes here so i'm not uh i'm not just trying to quote from my head but um, do you generally uh, enjoy when your head coach is talking shit? How do you feel about this as a, as a concept? Um, so I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> sorry, I've had a cold all, cold all week. Uh, you You're fine. Cut that out. Um, uh, it's it, Jim Harbaugh is like a weird shit talker, um, and uh, I have my theories as to like the the the. Uh, I don't know. Um, some of the, the, the reasons that Jim Harbaugh is like such a weird dude um, that uh, probably have to, <laughs> will not be said on the podcast. We can talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Quinn, you were yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, he's like, and I, and I mean that like a, a, like, he's just a weird, weird dude. And like, I, I thought it was weird when they were saying like, Oh yeah, like we're going to try to run the score up against Michigan state if we can. And I'm like, why would you say that? Why would you let that get out? Like, that's because just do it. Like, if you're gonna do it, like that 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 looks so bad if it, if you lose Michigan State, and it looks bad if it's a, like a close game. And like, just it it's I'm cool with running up the score and like sending a message like fuck Michigan State, you know, fuck Ohio State, whatever. But like, don't talk about it beforehand. It's just it's an example of one of the mm-hmm. weird things Jim Harbaugh tends to do as like head coach and give he, he gives like very literal quotes. He he thinks in a very like. Uh, I don't know, like he'll just say like, oh, yeah, like the thing that makes sense or, you know, in his head or whatever, and doesn't realize like how it comes across to like normal people. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I would like I'm not sure what he's supposed to say in that situation. Like it was big shit talk to uh, to to immediately like give a pretty incendiary quote last year after winning for the first time in years. Oh, yeah, he was feeling it. hundred percent. Which At the time, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like that is I mean, I would say, though, like. On the other side, though, like if that's the first one we've gotten in so long that like, let's make it, you know, like make it hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If, if oh, you got it. You got to talk. Um, and I do think like I do think it, it was kind of like in response to Ryan Day saying that, uh, uh, that, you know, you got wanted to hang a hundred. Yeah. Which yeah. like, you know, like, that's going to come back to bite you, of course. Um, and it's yeah, I don't know it. I, I guess like I guess the difference is, to me is like one of them was just like Dave Biddle posted that on his message board, and the other one was like Jim Harbaugh saying it on video. <laughs> I guess to me is the difference, but but what you're saying yeah, is 100 true. Yeah. No, no, I agree, and I, I think that um I think that like ultimately uh, he's he's a weird dude. Um, I I don't I I don't know what I would really want him to say leading up to this. Like, it, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like in in terms of shit talk leading up to a game, you know, um, there's yeah, there's not much that you can say that's gonna like make. I don't know. Like you could only, you could only create bolted board material. Um, 100%. So, I, I, by the way, I did pull up the full I like, I like Ryan Day a lot. Uh, <laughs> I actually do like Ryan Day. <laughs> <a> good guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. My, my stance on this is, as you've probably heard me say, is that 
Uh, I don't care if football coach is a good guy or a bad guy at all. I, I do not care whatsoever. They have a job, which is to win football games and win national championships. And as long as they're not like actively committing crimes, like, and even then it's like, what kind of crimes? Like, right. As long as they're not actively hurting people. Uh, <laughs> basically, I think being a good guy, being a bad guy could be a negative for you. Being a good guy is not a positive for me. I don't care if you're a good guy. Like, I really don't care at all. Yeah. If you're, oh, no, no, no. I, as far as a football coach goes, like, I don't, yeah, no, not at all. Like, it's, yeah. it's if it helps recruiting, I do, you know, it's great. But like, sure. Uh, no, it, it's not important. And yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, if people get on like, um, people like, well, like Michigan State fans will try to like get my mentions and like, so it's like, oh, how could you support a coach that like, you know, has like whatever the abortion? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I super disagree with, uh, like, obviously, I, I don't know. But it's like, I also don't, want, no, don't know what people like, want me to say. It's like, what am I supposed to say? Like, it's like, yeah, I, I disagree with him on that. Like, I don't, I, I, he's just a guy with that opinion, though. Like, he's not like the mayor. You know, he's like, he's not yeah. like the president. I, I don't, right. It's, and, it's, and that's, I, I can't, I, I'm sorry that my football coach has dumb opinions. <laughs> and the biggest thing I got into, like, I, I, you know, like yourself, I also like post on the boards under a different name. Like I, I have my own, I'm on the boards. I got to be on the boards besides my own message board. I got to have a place to post like, uh, anonymously. And I got into it yeah. a lot last year or, or last couple of years with Ohio state fans who were like mad that it's like, there's this a rift between the fan base when some people were shit talking urban Meyer one after the Zach Smith scandal. And then two, after he failed the Jaguars and, you know, kind of also came back from coaching to coach immediately again for the 19 millionth time after fake health concerns. Uh, but, but I think just like the biggest thing to me is my attachment is to Ohio state as a university, right? Like I went to Ohio state. I met most of my best friends at Ohio state. Like it is a core part of my life. Urban Meyer and Ryan day are guys who work for the school. I care about. I do not care about them as people. If you come into this as a football fan, you may love urban Meyer, the individual and love Ohio state because urban Meyer coached there, or because like you have a better attachment because he won games. I live and die by the school no matter what happens. I don't care. I mean, I care who the coach is, but like if once you're done with Ohio State, if you in any way are negative towards the school or cause any negative feelings towards it, fuck you. Like I, you can die for all I care. Like I, I do not care about you. It's like I don't care if you live or die once you're gone. Uh, like so, so, so to me, like I'm sure you feel like maybe you don't feel as aggressively as I do, but like oh, no, Jim Harbaugh I, I, is a mercenary who works for your school and is employed there for now. It's different because like I can I feel I have a connection in spite of myself. I feel a connection to Jim Harbaugh because I He's can also tell he guy, loves yeah. the school as much he he loves the school as much as I do. Um, yeah, and so it's it's there's a little bit there, but it's like that doesn't mean like I swear to God, people like can't can't just like hold the idea in their head that it's like a guy that I like and that like is part of something that I like has like a bad opinion or did a bad thing. You know, it's like. I got into, into it with people about like the Donovan Edwards, you know, thing that he, he like retweeted, like some anti-Semitic tweet, like a couple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, literally all I said was like, this is bad. Like, especially given like the amount of, you know, uh, Jewish students on the, on the campus of the university of Michigan, like this is a bad thing for him to have done. And people are just like, he's a kid. Like, what was like, I'm like, you would not be defending him as much if this was just like, think for one second, like what if CJ Stroud did this? Like, would you, do you think you yeah. would be like going to bat right now? It's like, People truly cannot, people can't separate that part of their brain. Like I am the most, you know, like, you know, I'm, I get pissed, dude. I get pissed when people say like, when people like shit talk like Michigan football on Twitter, like, I mean, literally that's, that's our whole shtick. Yeah. Like, just getting mad and like feeling aggrieved <laughs> and like, just like responding to literally every bait that has ever come my way on Twitter. <laughs> and it's like, 
but like I, I, that doesn't extend to like Jim Harbaugh. It's like, yeah, I can think this guy's a dipshit. Like I can think he's got like a bad opinion. It's, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I, I, I do agree with you. I, I do agree with you with that. Yeah. It's also, it's also, it's kind of funny for me when you find a guy that is like committed enough to being like a racist or a dipshit that he's willing to go against this football team. Uh, like my, yeah, my favorite part is, uh, is, you know, Ken Stickney, Nevada buck, uh, the infamous message board warrior from the Ohio state forums when he was saying that, uh, he, his famous post is that first he said that the, the baseball player at Georgia didn't actually call Justin Fields the N word, but even if he did, it was actually motivational from his teammate. Uh, it was like the post that he did. That's an, that's such a funny, like, um, God, yeah. Okay, sorry. I'll, I'll let you finish, but that's hilarious. <laughs> no, that's the whole story. I mean, he's just, he's a racist. Yeah, that's the whole story. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so crazy to like, like imagine how racist you have to be to like invent a narrative that's counter to like your favorite teams. Na- you know, like, yeah, that's like, doesn't this pro the N word oh, against your right. Yeah, just, just blanket statement, like just basically being like, yeah, I think it's fine that he did that. You know, like, yeah, it's like, you can't even like, I don't know. That's, that's so because it would be so easy to also like be a racist, but like just be like, oh yeah, it's like this specific thing is bad. Like just to you know keep they, your, they have a whole know. phrase about this. There's a whole famous phrase called one of the good ones. They they invented this whole thing just for sports fans to be able to use that phrase. Uh that's like where this <laughs> 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 is so have you funny. have you seen the the Shane Gillis stand-up bit about this? Uh where he talks about like you know what I'm talking heard, about? He um you the one you showed me about, like the, uh, uh, like the, remember the Titans team? Remember the Titans? Yes. So good. So good, dude. Yeah. There, if, there's an extended version. It's, it's on YouTube. I'll send you the full thing at some point. But, uh, there's an extended version of it where he talks about, like, basically that, you know, like football, <laughs> like, uh, he's like, like post Civil War, or whatever, like, like, we'll let him go. We're going to be really mean to him until we find out they're good at football in 100 years. And, like, it's, I mean, just like <laughs> the whole thing. That's, I mean, just how communities, of course, work. But no, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's insane. Obviously, he's a terrible guy. I don't know how we even got there about oh, about just hating our coaches, whatever. I did pull up the full the full Harbaugh quote. So this will be the last we can go out on this because I'm I know you got to run and so do I. Uh, it is after midnight in Buenos Aires, and I've I've been podcasting for like <laughs> three and a half hours. Um, but uh, one one quote here: Jim Harbaugh said, "quote Absolutely, Ohio State is a tough team." Uh, he then said that the comments questioning Ohio State's toughness from last year didn't come from him, but came from offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. Just blatantly throwing Josh Gass under the bus after he's gone is so funny. Oh, dude, that's so good. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Like they they so they so openly hate that dude. Like, and I've, uh, I've I don't know if you've heard the uh, we can we can definitely maybe on a premium episode or, or off the podcast talk about what some of the things that were rumored to have happened while he was the offensive coordinator. But uh, that's hilarious to just blame it on. Like, yeah, that was. Uh, that's the guy that uh does that's actually the one guy that left our staff um that everyone yeah. hates like fuck <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> you gotta, Which you I, think imagine, it like, Josh, I mean i think i think it was genuinely him like i think he was the one that said oh like, yeah it's true him. that's the funniest part yeah but but yeah. just like harbaugh being that willing to say i'm sure he said it. i wish i could see the video because i'm sure he said the smile on his face too um yeah, yeah. That's so, <laughs> oh that's so, so good yeah. man but imagine, uh like, do Josh you Gattis, have a shitty year catching strays <laughs> God, I mean, him, uh, the fact that a player's mom was talking shit on him is so funny, too. One of his own players, mom. And then I don't know if you've been following the Miami saga much, but the point that Mario Cristobal 
had to come out and he issued a statement to the press and said, if any player's parents want to come pick them up, they're welcome to. Basically, he's doing like how, how like an unruly little league football team gets treated. Oh that's how he's God, treating that's his kids. That's like that's something that like I would hear is like a, when I was like umpiring little league games. Literally, it's like, so, oh yeah, like you don't got a problem. Like, how about you come coach? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's so funny, man. Do you uh, before we let it go? I know it's I know it's early in the week. Do you have a uh, do you have a prediction for the game you want to issue? Uh yeah. So I think I said on the um, I think I said on our podcast like. Ohio State winning 40 to 32 or something like that. Um, I, I don't know. I think, I think I'll, like, if I'm being honest with myself, like, I just, I feel like Ohio State wins this game. Um, I think it's going to be close, though. Like, I do, I know you guys have been talking a big game about it being like a multiple score blowout um, on high screen freaks. Uh, but I, I, thank you I for just, listening. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, I love, <laughs> I love ice. You guys are great. Um, Likewise, Buck, the problem is it's, it's, I think, you know, this will be posted on all the platforms. So people will be, I'm sure a lot of bucket prop people will be getting exposed to my particular insanity for the first time. So sorry. <laughs> Dude, so many men, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, why, do, why are you interacting with him? <laughs> I swear to I God, think, I get so many DMs about you. <laughs> Dude, I love that. That's so good. I think, I think, uh, I think I'm more positive towards you publicly. It's kind of, it's kind of an unrequited love that we have going on. So I think that, I think people <laughs> know who you are in my timeline, but anyway, keep going. I cut you off. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I it's it's um it's no i i think that i i i don't think ohio state has really run away from any good teams this year i mean besides iowa who like just you know shot themselves in the foot like the entire first quarter um i i don't think that like ohio state is super like blown out any good teams this year i don't think they're going to do it for the first time against michigan um i think it's going to come down to like high leverage plays like i said um but i do just feel like the margins uh, the margins are bigger for Ohio State. Ohio State can win this game in more ways than Michigan can win. I, I'm, I, I felt like early in the season, like Michigan could, you know, more dictate the type of game they wanted to be in. Um, that you know their passing game was at least like more more competent than it's been. And now it feels like more and more that like, yeah, Michigan, Michigan. I think Michigan can win this game. I would give them like you know 20, 25, 30 percent chance. But they're gonna have to make it the type of game they want to play. Um, they're going to have to like get into the type of game flow and, and uh, you know, game state they want to be in, which is, you know, ultimately like winning, like in the second half, yeah. you know, controlling the game with the ball and like going on long drives. And that's not a guarantee. And um, I think Ohio state can, Ohio state just has more flexibility in the ways that they can win this game. And therefore I think it's more likely. And I, I think they, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think eight is a good line that Vegas has set. So, you know, yeah. 40 to 32. I, I have it uh, lower scoring than you do. I have it 34-23 Ohio State, um, which uh, I, I think that Michigan will have a lead either at halftime or in the third quarter off like some insane special teams play where I get to go absolutely bananas and probably get banned from Twitter by saying thanks to Parker Fleming, <laughs> who uh, who now follows the podcast, by the way. I don't know if you saw that update. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I saw he was, yeah. he was favoriting your tweets. That's so Yeah, funny. really funny. <laughs> Just getting on so Twitter what, after like... Story he, with him? He, he's... He, is uh Fleming's dad right? Like, is he like is is no is dude? Natural- there's no. Oh, this no, I I'm so happy you don't know this. He his only experience as a full time FBS assistant before being hired to Ohio State was one year at Texas State as the offensive coordinator. He had one year as OC at Texas Texas State, then had to drop down to the D two level where he was an assistant at Capital University, which is like a, a private school in Columbus. And basically, after he was at Capital, he got hired as an either an analyst or a QC at Ohio State for a couple of years. 
And the, the quotes about him were just like, man, Parker's so good knowing all the special teams lingo. Like he just knows all the phrases. Is like the quotes Holy given him. I swear to God. <laughs> and then they they hired him full time whenever it went to the tenth assistant. Uh, just completely insane. Just just no reason for it. He has no relation to Julian Fleming. Uh, there is no reason. I, for I staff. Was like it was one of those like bullshit things where like they hired yeah, so. <laughs> No, no, no Biff Pogi, uh, Biff Pogi situations here. Uh, uh, you, <laughs> but future uh, very very uh, successful uh, um, Charlotte head coach Biff Pogi. I can't believe that guy is a former hedge fund manager, uh, as it was described. It's he wild. looks like that. It's, he, he's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I love that. He's he's a great character we need in college football, though. But um, no, I have a 34-23. I think Ohio State gives up an insane special team score uh, to Michigan. It's going to piss me off and set me off on an like, insane rant. I think Xavier Johnson somehow finds a way to score for Ohio State and is like in the record books forever. Um, I think CJ plays well enough to like win the Heisman by default this season because USC will lose one of its last two games and he just kind of mm-hmm. gets the Heisman. Like I think... I think Blake Corum plays well, but is too banged up to like have a have a Heisman moment. I, I guess I guess I don't think he can win it with a loss either, unless he goes for like two hundred thirty yards at a loss. Um, yeah, I don't know if he can win it with a. I, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's. It, it feels I I I I'm. I feel more confident about Michigan winning in the game than I do about Blake Corum winning the Heisman. I'll say that. I just don't. I don't think he wins it even if Michigan wins. Like I think like there's too many quarterbacks with like crazy stats this year. Um, yeah. I don't know what. Me and Kevin just talked about this on the on the High Street Freaks pod, but like the Caleb Williams late surge in odds is 100% just a casino bait. They are absolutely, that is just the casinos trying to steal your money from you to make you think he's a late riser. Uh, if you fall for that, you are, you are a grade A fool, in my opinion. Because uh, well, they also got it because like, uh, it, like this was the first game, the first USC game that a lot of people watch like all season. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. And it was, and honestly, I mean, to be totally fair. Great like game. Said, he looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Patrick's. I, I was getting mad at Patrick's hatred of him on on uh, on on flipping the field. It's that's 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 a crazy thing for him to be sticking with. He's clearly very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten that. That's the thing is like I've been critical of, I've been very critical of him, right? Like I think he's he's had some really bad games this season, but that game he played on Saturday night was insane. Like five hundred and three yards. No, uh, he had what one turnover? Came up clutch every time they needed him to. That strike he had in the third quarter to Jordan Addison, where he just like whipped his body around to that sideline. You know what I'm talking about? That sideline throw on yeah. like yeah, hundred percent. Like, it's, it's that's the one I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the play. I was like, oh my god, that was just like yeah. that's a play that only a few guys can make on the planet. And uh, credit to him. I still think he's like a classic Lincoln Riley quarterback where he'll get to the NFL and can't read a defense at all. But uh, it's like too short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. hundred percent. But I mean, he's, he's an he's awesome like, college player. He's Tyler Murray with like an actual NFL arm though. You know, anyway, what, we're now like on yeah. our, our like seventh tangent of, of, of the yeah. podcast, but yeah, he's, yeah. He, I'll let you great. go here, man. This is, this has been really fun. I, I think he's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for this game. I can't wait for it. I'm sure we'll be, uh, we'll yeah, be in the trenches too. together. I guess I should have mentioned at some point during this podcast before the 139th minute that uh, we have a website called meet at midfield.com. Uh, you can subscribe to uh, called uh, uh, it's called midfield.com. You can get 25% off for life. If you subscribe this week with the code, the game uh, Dan's on there. I'm on there. Uh, Ace and Bender and, and Taylor and, uh, and Patrick and Kevin and DJ. We all post there together. A lot of other true posting warriors uh, on those forums. The threads are insane this week. We're going to, I think we're going to hit a thousand posts in the, both the game, all three of the game threads before Saturday gets here. 
like comfortably. Everyone's just losing their mind to those threads. Get ready for this. Uh, it's great. It's a great time right now. Um, come sign up. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah. Dan, you got any party like, words for the, for the freaks? Oh <laughs> uh, man. You know, like, I don't know. This is, this is what you, this, I kind of said the same thing on bucket problem earlier today. Um, like, uh, I, I think that, you know, this, this is why you're a fan. Like it's games like this. Like, it's just, I, I really do just the one thing I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to blow out honestly, either way. Like I want this to be a game of the century type game. Um, I know that you probably look, and would I be mad if Michigan blew Ohio state out? No, but I kind of do like, I, I am really hoping for like an epic game and I, yeah. I, I hope it lives up the hype. Um, it just, it's crazy that like we all saw this coming and it's like, you know, preseason, we're just like, yeah, it's going to be an 11 and 0 in you know, Columbus, isn't it? And like, it just has <laughs> gone that way with almost no yes. deviation from that script, even though it would have been so funny for us both to blow it last week. Oh, it would have been <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, I, I think the one thing I'll say that I think I hope both of us can agree on here is if the loser gets in the playoff, fuck that, dude. I do not want to have any yeah. chance no, of I, a rematch in, in, in a national title game. That That should be illegal. Uh, I think I, I'm so anti rematches in general. Like I, I know this will never happen, but I want it to be that like every conference, if the two top teams have already played the, the winner of that game, like if they're tied is just the champ. Like I don't, I'm so anti rematches in college football. Like I think you, that that's what makes, that's what makes the sport so special. It's like you play every team once you play once a yep. year and that's it. Like that's bragging rights for the whole year. And I would, I mean, look, am I getting, of course, I will, I will absolutely change my mind if Michigan loses the game, like in a close game, <laughs> and, uh, on like a questionable call. And I'm just like, you know, issuing, issuing actionable threats to like, everyone involved. Um, I will 100% be rooting for, uh, for, for Notre Dame, I guess, to beat USC or whatever. Um, but yeah, I do agree like on principle that just like, that would suck. It, they shouldn't play twice in a year. Yeah. I hate it. I mean, it's just, it's just bad. I gotta be honestly, and I, I'm actively rooting against my own financial interest too. Cause if, if Ohio state Michigan both like the playoff, the site is just going bonanza. If that happens. Like that's great for us personally, but I don't care. I it's, I, I will happily piss away money to, uh, <laughs> to in the favor of my haterism. Uh, no, I can't wait. I'm sure by the time Saturday gets here, I'll be bloodthirsty. I'll be, I'll be, you know, Bane for the hounds and, and, uh, you know, hoping Ohio state hangs 60 on you guys, but uh, no, I, I'm just thrilled for it. I'm happy it's finally here. I can't wait for the catharsis of just, you know, uh, either this game ends with Ohio State going to the playoff or my life ends. Like, I, I'm looking forward to one of those two happening uh, <laughs> uh, by Saturday. There's, there's, yeah, there, there's a lot of like uh, of comfort in knowing just like, oh, wow, like if they lose, like I, I definitely won't be alive. and the best part too is uh i mean as i I mentioned and you know i'm in buenos aires for this game and it's the same it's happening uh the second half will be happening at the same time as the argentina mexico uh world cup match so i can also scream in my apartment as loud as i want and no one will hear me it will not matter at all the streets will be the streets will be going nuts i'll be i'll be perfectly okay uh, I will not be around anyway. I'll be in my apartment alone, ignoring all of my friends' messages. I will just be sitting here freaking out by myself on the board like a warrior. <laughs> I'm going to be getting, if Michigan wins, I'm going to be getting uh, Dave Portnoy to uh, to like produce um, <laughs> really crappy Barstool shirts that say ontologically soft university. Um, That's good. That's good. Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think oh, if I fuck. I wasn't even thinking. Like, God damn it! I wasn't even thinking about that when I said the phrase "ontologically soft." That's fucking good, dude. <laughs> God damn it! That's too good. <laughs> I, I, I'm just I, I would just love for a bunch of dumb stoolies to be like walking around uh, in ontologically soft <laughs> university, <laughs> trying to understand the, uh, what the yeah. 
Yeah, they can't. They cannot. Uh, they absolutely cannot pronounce the word ontological. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm so excited. Uh, there's also uh, Taylor was telling us there's going to be an exclusive uh, exclusive home field drop for the winner. Uh, she she has the mock-ups the shirts. I, I uh, they are sick. They are absolutely filthy. Um, cannot wait. So. Hopefully. All right, man, I'll let you go. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. It was super fun. I'm glad we got to do this. I know we've been talking about it for a while. Um, I had a blast. And I'm sure I'll be talking awesome. to you, if I, like, you know, during my family Thanksgiving, you know, during your family Thanksgiving, we'll be texting about this game, just talking shit. We're going to get, yeah, you know, sure. th- three glasses of wine deep and, and we'll start getting it. We'll start getting aggressive. But uh, all right, man, take care. I will talk to you throughout the week and uh, looking forward to it. Uh, go Bucks. Sure.